All right, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. The General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. So you can remember where it is, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you've got the Acts. Then you've got the Romans, the 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And then General Electric Power Company. Galatians. Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. So we've been talking about the problem that Paul sees with the Galatian people that they saw the grace, they encountered the grace, they saw that they are free from the law. But yet, they were so steeped in culture and tradition and history, and they're led astray by someone. They. Paul calls it they. Maybe it was a group of people, Jewish elders, whoever it was, said that you must do all the law, and circumcision would be the, the sign of being a Jew, that you must be circumcised, that you must keep the days and the festivals, that you must keep the law, you must keep the dietary laws, you must keep the civil laws, you must keep all the laws, you must wear the right kind of clothes, one thread, you must have the, uh, the box for prayer, you must have uh, the Shema on your doorpost, to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, that you must be devoted to God, but your devotion to God the, is through doing works. Now, Paul knew what that was like, because we know the Bible tells us that Paul was the leader of all leaders when it comes to keeping the law. He was, he was a young man that was trained at the right schools, he had learned from the right rabbis. He was held in high regard to his Judaism, to his law keeping, to his rule following. And if, if he had not been converted on the road to Damascus, Paul would have become perhaps a high priest, perhaps one of the high priests, perhaps up in the upper echelon, that took care of the temple, that uh, no telling what Paul might have become because he had all the credentials. He had done all the work. He, he was in the right place. He knew the right people. And Paul himself says that. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of all Hebrews. He, was a, he understood the law. And then he had an encounter. He was on his way to Damascus, and he had with him legal documents that gave him authority to find believers in Jesus and arrest them. And we know from the scriptures that when they killed Stephen outside of St. Stephen's Gate or the Lion's Gate, when they killed him, Paul stood there in approval. Matter of fact, I think Acts says that they threw the garments at the feet of the one called Saul. We know him later that he would become Paul. So when we're reading Galatians, you got to understand that it's like an expert in a field 
having experienced it and knows everything about it, say, that's not where it's at. That's not where it is. Learn from me. Understand. So when Paul was converted on the road to Damascus and he met Jesus and he's taken to Damascus on, and, and uh, uh, Ananias comes to visit him and communicates him the truth about what had happened. And then Paul later on, a, little few, a few moments after that, days after that, goes into the desert of Arabia and he spends three years and he unlearns the law. Not unlearn the law as far as forgetting what the law said, but he unlearns the importance of the law. He relearns the, the importance of the law. So it goes both ways, doesn't it? And he learned what it means to walk by the Spirit, to be saved by the Spirit, to have the Spirit of God in you, and how that's what is really important. We are saved by God's work. We are not saved by human effort. We are not made right with God by keeping the law. And since we're not made right with God by keeping the law, we don't live by the law. We are made right with God through what God has done for us through Jesus on the cross, and we receive that by faith. We receive the Spirit by faith. And we are saved by the work of the Spirit in us. And so we live by the Spirit. We are under grace. We are not under the law. And he wants these, these people to know it. And, and, and as you read these words, if you can kind of put yourself in Paul's shoes a little bit, what he's experienced, what he knows, what he's encountered with the Lord Jesus, you, you can see how important this is to him that the Galatian people realize that it's not by keeping the rules. Life doesn't come by being the rule follower. Life doesn't come to us by being the law keeper. Life comes to us through belief and faith. Through belief and faith and love. That's where the life comes from. So, Galatians 5.1. He begins by saying to them, for freedom Christ has set us free. Free from what, we might ask? Free from having to keep the law. And, and for me, I understand this. I hope that you'll understand this way of looking at this. What Jesus has done for us has taken us from have to to want to. That's a real important transition. We have to keep the law. We have to follow the rules. We have to keep all the things that are written in the law. But when Jesus came into our life, we transitioned from have to to just want to. I want to obey God. I don't have to obey God to be right with him. I want to obey God. And obeying God is a result of being right with him, not to be right with him. That's a great thing. I think about it this way. You got a quarterback on your team. He's pretty good. He can throw the ball. He knows where to throw it. He, he, he can read defenses. The coach says to him, here's the deal, Bubba Joe. You're our quarterback. However, this is the first game of the season. 
And you make one mistake, you're on the bench. You throw one interception, you're out of there. You fumble the ball one time, and I'm done with you. Bubba Joe gets out there in the game, and man, all he's thinking about is if he makes one mistake, he doesn't get to play. One mistake. There's no grace for Bubba Joe. Bubba Joe better not fumble the ball. I mean, he better not throw it to the wrong place, and for sure, he better not throw an interception. Bubba Joe goes out there, and he has absolutely no fun. Because all Bubba Joe was worried about is making a mistake. Well, I bet first two or three plays, Bubba Joe's on the sidelines. That's just too much. That doesn't work. Every quarterback is going to throw an interception. Every quarterback is going to fumble the ball. Every quarterback is going to misread a defense and throw it in the wrong place and get picked off. Now, if, if we have an understanding that God is watching us, which he is, he observes everything, but if God is watching us and he is looking for us to make a mistake, and when we make a mistake, he is going to punish us, that's living by the law. That's what that's about. That's no fun. And, and I know Paul doesn't directly say this to the Galatian people, but basically he does say this. He says to them, y'all switch the fun for no fun. Y'all switch the laughter for mourning. Y'all switch to being free to being under a burden, a weight. He says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Hang on, people. Hang on to the grace. Hang on to the truth that we're made right with God through faith in God. And do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Y'all all know what a yoke is, right? Maybe some of the youngsters don't know. A yoke is that piece of wood, and it's got a couple carve-outs in there to fit over animals' necks, and you put two oxen together, you put two horses together, and, and they're going to pull a wagon or they're going to plow a field. And, and you put the, the yoke on them, that long piece of wood, usually a pretty stout piece of wood, and you tie it to them, and, and you put a trained animal and an untrained animal together, mostly. And the trained animal is bigger, stronger, weighs more than the younger animal. That, that animal's in charge in that yoked process, that yoke process. When you look at the cross, you see a horizontal piece of wood and a vertical piece of wood. The imagery for me is really clear. That horizontal piece of wood with just a little work can be a yoke. It can be a yoke. And, and, and the yoke is being yoked to slavery. And slavery is stronger than the person. It's more powerful than the person. It will definitely still rob the joy away from the person. And Paul wants to address that. He does address that. Look, I, Paul, say to you there in verse 2, that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. So if you're counting on what you have done to be right with God, all the things that I have taught you 
about Jesus, it has no advantage for you. You're going to live a different life. You're going to live according to the rules, and you're going to live according to the consequences of living according to the rules. He says in verse 3, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. That ought to be the deal breaker right there for anyone that is struggling with salvation by faith in God and living by faith in God, living by the grace versus living according to your accomplishments. He says here, if you fail at one point, you have failed at every point. You are obligated to keep the whole law. That makes life complicated. That makes life difficult. That places a burden. And religion is not to be burdened. Our religion is not to be difficult. Our religion is not to make us miserable. Our religion is not to make us sad. It's not to fill us full of sorrow. It is to give us a joy and a peace that transcends sorrow and difficulties. But Paul says, if you're under the law, there's no advantage to Christ for you. So you miss out on all the abundant life. You miss out on all the joy. You miss out on all the, the hope that we have that we are going to be in heaven forever and ever and ever. I mean, just think about it. To have that much burden, that much weight on you. And Paul's looking at these people and says, I can't believe that you have made this decision. You have chosen to live by the law when you've got Christ. You, the, the gospel was preached to you. How in the world did you get to this point? He says, you are severed from Christ. You, you would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. That's a complicated verse. It's not, it's not saying to us that you have lost your salvation. It's saying to us you have lost the ability to live by the grace that I've given you. For through the Spirit of by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. By faith, we eagerly wait for it. I'm going to heaven one day because he lives. I'm going to heaven one day. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We sang that this morning. We have that hope of righteousness. Verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. So in our way of looking at things, being baptized, it's a wonderful thing to do, only if it's for Christ, only if it's a result of being born again, belonging to a church, only if it's a result of having Christ in you. Doing all the right things at the right time and being culturally indoctrinated to how people that go to church behave and act and how they act and behave at church and, and how they conduct themselves. Totally wasted if Christ is not the center of the being, of the heart, 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. But look what it says here. But faith, but only faith working through love. Faith working through love. How are you going to handle this problem? I'm going to keep all the law. Good luck. Good luck. Now, you do know that if you're going to live life by keeping the law, you can't make any mistakes or they're going to bench you. If you make any mistakes, God's going to shake his hand, at, shake his head at you and wave his finger at you. And you're going to go through horrible ordeals. But don't you understand that Christ is fulfilled in us when we have faith working through love? So how are you going to live your life? I'm going to believe and I'm going to love. You're going to wear a suit that has only one thread? No, belief and love. Belief in love leads me to believe that I can have different kinds of linen. Belief in love tells me that I can make mistakes. Belief in love means that I can just enjoy Jesus. And I will transition from I gotta, I have to, to I just want to. You see, all the works we do is a result of being saved. And we do it with Joy, willingness. We just want to. The Holy Spirit puts want to in us. The law puts have to in us. He says in verse 7, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? I, I, I see Paul saying, who's the scoundrel? Who is it? Who do I need to have a face-to-face -face with? Who do, who do I need to have a meeting with here? Who? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Was it, the guy? Was it, was it that guy? Was it that guy? Who, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. This persuasion is not from God. It's a good thing to know what is of God and what is not. You think about several questions that you face in your week, in your life. For instance, you ain't got time to read the Bible. Where did that come from? Well, that didn't come from God, right? You, you, don't, you don't really need to forgive. Where did that come from? Well, that doesn't come from God, right? You need to be faithful. Where does that come from? That comes from God. You need to live by faith through love. That's from God. No one, that's, I mean, Satan is not going to come to you and says, what I really want you to do is love Jesus with all your heart and serve him. He's not going to do that, is he? Your flesh is not going to do that. That's from the Spirit of the Lord. And when you, you might even need to write these things on paper. I've had this thought. I've had this temptation. I've had this idea. Where did it come from? Where's it happening? Where, what's, the, what's the source of these thoughts and then you can begin to see what it means to live according to the Spirit. Because you can clearly see the difference. He says in verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. He says that this idea, this idea of living by the law, 
of, of having to be circumcised. You see, it's okay if you're circumcised to the Jew. It's okay if you're not circumcised because what matters is faith working through love. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will make, that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever it is. Man, they're, they said, when they got this letter from Paul, they knew who it was, didn't they? Uh-oh. Hey, Charlie. Charlie, you're in trouble, buddy. He knows. He's going to find out. And it says in verse 11, but I, brothers, still preach circumcision. Why am I still being persecuted? If I still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. And then he says, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. You're welcome, parents. You have a good lunch conversation with your children who have just heard the word emasculate. I wish those who unsettle you. He sees them as unsettled. He sees them as getting off the path. He sees them having walked down a smooth road and now has got to go across feral country, unsettled. He said, I hope they emasculate themselves. He says here, if, if this isn't true, now this is his mindset here. Isn't it interesting today? Same mindset, same train of thought. Isn't it interesting today that you can preach the Baha'i faith and not get persecuted? Isn't it interesting today that you can preach morality you can go to the courthouse and preach morality. You can go to the schoolhouse and preach morality. You can go to the workplace and say, we just got to be better people. We got to be, we got to use our time wiser. We, we've got to be more disciplined in our work. We've got to be nicer to other people. We, we need to not ridicule people, but we need to build people up. If you share that morality preaching with people, you won't be persecuted. You won't go through any kind of opposition. You won't have to go through any kind of sensitivity training. But if you teach, you preach, you share, you encourage that salvation is through Jesus Christ alone and that he died on the cross for your sin... And the only way to have sin forgiven is through the blood of Christ. You're going to be persecuted because the cross offends people. Morality doesn't offend people. Good behavior doesn't offend people. Being a nice person doesn't offend people. But the truth of Jesus Christ offends people. And Paul says... Have you thought about why I'm so persecuted? Because I preach the cross. I don't preach the law. I preach the cross. He says there in verse 13, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom 
as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We are free in Christ. We are under grace. We can make mistakes, but don't use it as a license to make mistakes. Don't use it as a license to go ahead and do all the things you really want to do because God is going to forgive you anyway. No, if we're under Christ, if, if, if we're experiencing faith through love, we're going to want to please God because we're thankful for what he's done for us. And he says, verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. You see, living by the law causes people to one-up themselves with other people all the time. You've got to demean people. You've got to step on people because you've got to look better than they look. And, and, and you kind of have to go on a curve because the law doesn't work. And you just got to appear to be better than other people. And, of course, what that causes us to do is being judgmental, cynical, and condemning to people. And that's why you can know if you're living according to the law, human effort, or living according to the grace by the Spirit, faith through works is what he wants, is you're not going to devour each other. Now, I want to take this passage of Scripture and switch over to the Matthew chapter 11 and, and see where Paul got this. See what Paul understood to be true here. And, and somewhere out there in that three-year period of time in the desert of Arabia, the Holy Spirit came to him and taught him what we're about to get to read in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says here, man, the simple get it, the complicated don't. The humble get it, the humble see, the humble understand, but the complicated and the wise and the prideful don't see it. Yes, Father, for such is your gracious will, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. All right. Listen to the invitation of Jesus, and, and listen to what He says, and think about what He's saying this against. Okay? First of all, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I, I'm the answer. We know Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one goes to the Father except through me. It's not the law. It's not the rules. It's not the regulations. It's not the history. It's me. It's me. It's not by accepting a program. It's not by accepting a man's set of guidelines about how to be fulfilled in life. It's Jesus. Come to me. And so any religion that does not exalt Jesus and does not hold him up as God of all is always going to lead people astray. It's always going to lead people astray. It's not your opinions. It's not your ideas. It's not some teacher that you've listened to and you really like that doesn't point you to Christ. 
is the answer. So Jesus says, come to me. And he says, all who labor and are heavy laden, all who work hard, all who are just wore out from work. And he's speaking about religious work. He's thinking about people who are just under a heavy burden. They labor and they're heavy laden. He says to them, come to me, all of you, that religion has flat wore you out. That religion is, is the difficulty for you. That, that you've been trying to be perfect and you're not perfect and you can't get perfect. You've been trying to shoot a 79 in golf, and for the life of you, you can't shoot it. 80, 81, 82. You're hitting a good round. You think, by George, this week, I'm going to break that 80 barrier. i got a 79 coming, and you don't do it. You just can't get there. It is DNA impossible for Lee Brewer to shoot a 79 back when I used to play. Impossible. It wasn't going to happen. It didn't matter what kind of course it was. I got to where I could go out. It'd be a hard course. I'd shoot an 86. An easy course, I'd shoot an 86. I just wanted so desperately to get under 80. One time, one time, never made it. It became frustrating. It became a horrible experience. This is years ago. You want to go play to golf? I guess so. It'd be the same results. I'll think I'm doing pretty good. I say there's a possibility today. It won't happen. I hit the ball in the water. I hit it down the driveway. I'll five putt. You know, it is not going to happen. So I quit. And I, I went home and I told Sue, I said, I cannot be a preacher of the gospel anymore and play golf. There's not a possibility. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. Human effort, you can never get there. You're never going to experience what you want to experience through human effort. He says here, all you who are heavy burdened, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. So that's the answer is through Jesus Christ. He says, take my yoke upon you. The yoke, my yoke, not someone else's yoke. They, they will be too harsh on you. They will be too hard on you. They will expect perfection. Take my yoke on you. I don't expect perfection from you. Isn't that something? I just want faith and love. I know that you're never going to be perfect. I know that it, does, it really makes no it's really of no benefit for us to act like we're perfect at church because there ain't none of us perfect. And none of us can act perfect. It gets old just acting perfect. What a horrible thing it is to know inside. We're not perfect, but I'm going to act perfect. How you doing? Great, wonderful, good. You hadn't thought about killing nobody this week? Not me. I have. I have. Some people need a killing. Right? You haven't been irritable this week? I have. Right? Have, have, you, have you took matters in your own hands this week? Well, sure I have. That had been perfect one week. You've not known me one week that I've been perfect. I've not been perfect one day. If, if I was living to be perfect, I would be broken, laboring with a heavy burden on me. Maybe this week I won't be a glutton. Maybe this week I won't, I, I, I won't fail. Maybe this week I, have, I won't struggle with faith. Maybe this week I, I, I'll have hope this week. And I, I won't live by despair can't do it. And so if it's the law I'm trying to keep, I'm fed up. 
I'm ready to quit. I've already quit. That's what Jesus is saying here. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Listen to what he says. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. He's gentle. So we're not going to be strapped to a big 1,500-pound ox that's mean. That's the law. We're going to be yoked to someone that gave his life for us. He is gentle. He's going to be concerned with us. We're not going to go too fast because I see that you fell out of the boat and you're hurt, Lee. Yes, sir, I am. I see that Rick Hetty laughed at you when you fell and hit the boat dock in the boat, and you can't hardly stand today. Yes, sir, that's right. It's okay. I'll go slow today for you. I love you, Lee. You're my guy. I know you don't always make the right choices, but I know that deep down in your heart, you're about living for me. And so I'm going to be gentle, and lowly in heart means humble. I'm just, I'm not going to lord over you. I am your Lord, and I am the judge, and I will set things straight, but for now, you just learn from me. I'm going to take you places. I'm going to help you to see. I'm going to give you more joy than you've ever had. I'm going to give you more life than you've ever dreamt of experiencing, because I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And, get this, and you will find rest for your souls. If you're trying to be perfect, if you're trying to keep the law, if you're trying to measure up, if you're trying to be the very best church person you could ever be, if you're trying to be that person, you're not going to find rest for your weary soul. Impossible. But with Jesus, yoked to Jesus, he says you will find rest for your souls. And then he concludes by saying, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He loves us. See, Paul said it this way. It's not the law. It's not circumcision. It's not by keeping all the rules. It's, it's not by, you know, being perfect. It, it's, it's not that horrible attempt to never make a mistake. It's about a relationship. It's about a love relationship. It's about being right with God through what I've done for you, God says. It's about being right with God and as if you've never been wrong with God in his eyes. That's what he got for us. That's what he's given to us. That's what he's done for us. And he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you go walking around with Jesus, you may get a lot of work done, but at the end of the day, you say, are you tore up today? Are you wore out today? Are you hurting today? Are, are you without any energy today? No. He said, no, the path he took me on today, it looked easy. Well, it was easy because you were with Jesus, and you got his power. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So for you today, an invitation have you been trying to be right with God through being a good person? Have you been trying to be right with God by being better? Have you been trying to be right with God by just believing you're better than other people you're around? That'll wear you out. 
that will break you, that won't give you rest for your soul. What a great day for you to go, I've had enough, I'm tired of it, and I just need to lay my burden down and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Have you heard the Spirit of the Lord saying, quit trying so hard? Quit trying to make everything right. Quit trying to fix everything. You're wore out at night because all you do all day long is try to think about how you can be a better person and make up for your mistakes. You're never, ever going to get there, the Lord's saying to you. You're never, ever going to arrive at that destination. You're never going to get to the point to where you figured it out, you've done enough, and, and by George, you've arrived. No, always trying to do human effort, you're going to be heavy laden, and you're going to be burdened. Receive Christ. Believe in Jesus. Believe that he died on the cross for you. It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouth Jesus Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him dead, we shall be saved. Confessing and saying, my works doesn't make me right with God. The works of Jesus makes me right with God. Ben, would you come and we're going to sing and we're going to give you an opportunity today to come and make a public profession and say, I, I've been trying I've been trying to make it, and I've had enough, and I want to lay my burden down. Lay your burden down. You ever heard that song? Y'all should play that, but I know it takes practice. Do you need to lay your burden down? Just come lay your burden down and say, I need Jesus. I've been trying to do it. I've been, I'm wore out. I'm tired. I need help. And Jesus says, come to me, all who are heavy, laden, and burdened. Come to me, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The yoke of the law is not easy. The yoke of human perfection is not easy. The yoke of image is not easy, is it? Trying to be cool is not easy. Trying to be light is not easy. Trying to be correct in all areas, it's not easy. Mom, trying to be the best mom there's ever been. You know, you go in a restaurant and your kids just drive everybody in the restaurant crazy. And you go, oh, I'm not a good mom. Not true. Your kid's crazy. It's all right. You can't fix it. Love it. Go with it. Let it develop. Lay your burden down. Y'all sing for us. Y'all stand and come. I'll counsel with you. We need to. You can pray at the altar. But today, because of the words of Jesus, come to him and turn loose of all that junk. Y'all sing for us.